0: You're listening to Andy take By way of, of getting started. Firstly, thank you, man. Um yeah, I really do appreciate chatting to you. I I've I, I discovered you long before an article that actually featured your work alongside the Africa really? podcast. There was a an okay Africa article that um oh that yeah i saw you there as well yeah 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 that was pretty cool right that was pretty cool though (laughs) it was very affirming but i saw you listed there and quite frankly if she hadn't listed you there as one of the to the top podcasts on the continent i would have been like what the heck (laughs) (laughs) no really because i've listened to 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 your content and i love you know i love your intros and all that I, i really dig your style your voice is great all that you know what i mean so, from one pro to another really, thanks for doing this absolutely absolutely i'm a
1: fan I'm a fan of vanyl's take as well so don't 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 worry i've it took me a while to... I had to actually go on Google and learn how to pronounce your name.
0: Oh, really? What did you say? What? Did, how did you say it before you knew?
1: When I saw it, I was like, is his name Andili? <laughs> you're, so, you're going all white
0: person on me, bro. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm like, no, he's African. Yeah, yeah, We're going to have some tongue twisting in there. No, somewhere. Italian vowels
0: is <laughs> what I tell people. Andili. Real simple. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, listen. So let's let's get started. Maybe... um. Help me by thinking back to a time in your youth when you got into trouble for something you said. A time in my youth for something I said.
1: Hmm. Wow, that's that's far out.
0: Uh, no, 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 no. I want that. I want that. Like, what, like, what are you thinking? Like, what's the first thing that came to mind? Or like, like, serious trouble. Um, it doesn't matter how big. It doesn't matter how many people were involved necessarily. So it could have been uh, in trouble with one person, maybe in trouble with a lot of people. Um, But the time when you actually got in trouble for something you said. The one time I can
1: remember actively as having been probably the earliest indicator that I had that there were times when you should shut up. All right. um, An aunt was visiting. I was very young. I lived with my grandmother and my father and my younger sisters, my stepsisters and my brothers, my elder brothers. So I was in the middle of all of this. Uh, So I had two elder brothers, two younger sisters. And there was me in the middle. And I I say had, because that dynamic has long since changed in my family. Right. So my aunt was visiting, and I'd seen her, I was maybe seven at this time, and I'd seen her about, it felt like I'd seen her a year earlier, you know? Right. And I felt, well, hang on, if I saw her a year earlier, why the hell does she look so bloated? (laughs)
0: I think I know what's coming. <laughs> oh, hang I on, think I hang know on. No, you, know you right? don't. It
1: actually gets worse. It gets way worse. Oh man. So I'm thinking, why does she look bloated? What what the hell is wrong with her? And so I scuttle over and I ask my grandmother, what's wrong with I think Auntie Veronica? We used to call her Auntie Ferro. Mm. So I'm like, What's wrong with Aunt Ferro? And she goes, What do you mean what's wrong with her? <laughs> I'm like, Well, obviously something is wrong with her. She's huge. <laughs> she's not the same. <laughs> then now think of it as a, a child realizing, "Oh, I might have committed a faux pas." So I'm thinking to myself, "Ah, oh, I shouldn't have said that," and I shouldn't have said that because it's very obvious that she might be pregnant, and women don't like to talk about being pregnant when they're pregnant. Okay. And you're aware of this uh, at this age? How old are you now? How the, old are you? Well I, I grew up I grew up in Cross River State. I grew up in Calabar. Okay. Well, today it's more of a metropolis in transit. You know, it's a, it's a small city on its way to becoming a metropolis. Right. It it attracts viewers internationally from all over the world in December during the the, the Calabar carnival, which is the largest street carnival in Africa. Okay. But before it, it started all this all of this, all these transitions occurred, which essentially kicked off around two thousand yeah, the year two thousand or two thousand and one or so.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, before all this happened, it was a very quiet, rustic city that was sort of a civil service state, pretty much. It didn't have a lot of resources. So there wasn't a lot of international exposure. Yeah. It was it was a rather backwater place, but it was be- beautiful in that sense.
0: Okay. And you're you're a kid growing up in this and you're how old in the story? Yeah. So I'm around seven and I've I've spent
1: um, pretty much my entire life at this point with my grandmother who is a very she was a very very interesting character right and she believed in um utilizing culture to raise children okay. so i was very well steeped in the ideas of what you could say and what you couldn't say around adults uh, so i knew yeah. instinctively that i'd said too much right and uh, i sought after an avenue to you know pull my hand out of the fire so i i, I realized oh Crap, she doesn't want anyone to know she's married. Yeah. So I run across, switching gears effortlessly back into being a dumb child. Right. I run across the hall, grab her leg, and I shake her. And she looks down at me, and she's already irritated because she can tell that I'm talking about her weight. (laughs) (laughs) And I try to whisper at her, but she won't bend down to my level. Yeah. So I say it in the smallest stage (laughs) whisper I can muster. And I say, oh, auntie, I'm sorry. I just figured out, you're pregnant, right? <laughs> and I say this to the hearing of pretty much everybody else in the room. I was in the doghouse forever for that incident.
0: Damn, oh, oh.
1: Forever. I was, I caught flack from everybody for that incident, man. So yeah, that's probably the earliest I can remember.
0: We seem to have a a, a parallel in our upbringing, and, and as far as that's concerned, in terms of correctness, in terms of when to speak and when not to speak, and yes. how much to say, and you know, and when you, have, when you shouldn't say anything. Yeah, and whether yeah. you even have a right to say it. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> where would you say? Where would you say you found your voice, as it were? I mean, outside of the. The confines of those constructs, you know, as as maybe a, a, a teen growing up for me, you know, for example, for me, it might have been uh, going to boarding school and, and being able to like rewrite what it meant to be undelayed outside the context of like my parents and my upbringing to, to some extent, of course. So like where would where would that have happened for you? Where would you have found your voice? A voice to speak? Yeah. Uh, wow, that's a fantastic
1: question. That's not something anyone has ever asked me in my entire life. And I've I've been interviewed roughly once pretty much every week
0: for the last 14 years. I can imagine you do get a lot of interviews and stuff, but these are the sort of I suppose existential questions I'm grappling with as a as a young African uh, uh broadcaster, broadcaster creative creative and yeah. that kind of thing and I'm yeah. like you know, uh, so I'm pondering these questions now. And it just occurs to me that, you know, someone like you, you know, being in the podcast world and your interest in that. And we're going to delve into that later. You know, um, I, I was curious, you know, where, where, what would it be like for you? Wow. Uh, okay. And don't you love podcasts because you actually can think. You're not going to just spew the first thing. <laughs> you know, you're just not going to try and sound clever. <laughs> it's just beyond a ball. Nah, no, it was my grand, you know. Well, yeah. <laughs> First and foremost, I'm I'm the least clever person
1: you know. Let's <laughs> let's just put that out there. <laughs> it's mostly elbow grease and lucky situations with me. Yeah. Um. Uh. Let's see. First, I can remember finding a voice for myself. I would say was music. Oh yeah.
0: Because um, you were into hip hop, right?
1: Yeah. I, I've I've always been a, a great fan of of rap music, which is morphed significantly in in my more recent years remind me to tell you more about what's going on with me and the kind of music i listen to right yeah ask, and-
0: you'd like practically reading my questions right now but yeah carry on we'll come we'll come to that we'll come to that <laughs>
1: okay so um i liked music so back backdrop to all of this um the nigerian social system in the 90s was divided largely along the lines of wealth um education not as much in my age bracket but wealth I'd say location. If you lived in a
0: city, or if you lived in a posh part of a city, yeah. you you know you went up the ladder a few notches. Yeah, is this in people's estimation of you, or in in like this
1: was this was regular social practice in the Nigeria of my youth? Okay, there was wealth, there was location, and then of course there was exposure. Now I grew up in Cross River State. I grew up in Calabar, and there was little exposure along the lines of current happenings on television and what was cool and all of that so i became engrossed more in trying to understand what the world had been like before i came along wow okay it wasn't a conscious decision of any sort it was just a curiosity so i read i read everything i could lay my hands on started with the uh adventures of tom sawyer and huckleberry finn
0: hey and- i read that too Oh, you too. I'm like, why is this dude dude following this little white boy? Like, what the heck? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What's he doing, man? (laughs) Like, why is he following this little white boy,
1: man? (laughs) (laughs) So I I read The the Adventures of Tussauds and Huckleberry Finn. Yeah. I've I've been reading ever since. Consequently, um, when we moved from Calabar, where I'd grown up with my grandmother and my father, to Port Hocket where I uh, lived largely... Well, not largely, I lived entirely with my mother. Um, by the time we were located, I was moving from a quiet, small city with no exposure to the outside world as such, especially not for someone my age, at least. And I was moving to a bigger city, which was more vibrant and which was more metropolitan and more fast-paced, you know. So the tendency for people to to casually display their intelligence was very high. It wasn't as high back in Cross River State. If you were smart, you were smart. You got smart one of a number of ways. You interacted with people, you lived through great experiences, or you read books. So we moved to Port Harcourt, and I heard a different kind of music. And in Port Harcourt, the radio stations played more of the stuff that was current from that day. Yeah. So I I was exposed all of a sudden. I, I blew out of a world where I was probably listening to Yanni and... Um, I don't know. Like mostly church music, I guess. Yeah, at yeah. that point in my life, my the father ja was Reeves or religious. <laughs> yeah, my dad was going through a religious conversion, so he was listening more to gospel music. Jimmy Swaggart,
0: maybe. All of that. Yeah.
1: You know, and 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 the and the gospel tapes where they'd have music in the background. Like the music doesn't make me like it any more than I disliked it to start with.
0: Anyway. It wasn't moving <laughs> you. It wasn't moving you. No, no, no hate though. No. I mean, Jimmy Swagger and all those dudes. No, no hate though. But yeah, I hear what you're saying. It was, <laughs> it was, You were all good with that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't crazy about it. And then I wind up in a space where I'm listening to Slick Rick, The Ruler. All right. And Fats Domino and Elvis Presley and James Brown and Dr. Dre. Yeah. Uh, the digging in the crates crew. So I, I suddenly arrive at this place where I'm like wait a minute, there are people who think like me making music. And just like that, I became a fan, and I started listening a lot to it, and I started singing it. Did it inspire you to have your own thing to say? Yes, that is that was the first time in my life up till that point where I had really been able to do something just because I wanted to do it, and no one had a problem with it. My grandmother was very strict, and after his, you know, his finding Christ, my father became a little difficult to handle as well. So it was a rather strict household. Not horrible, but you just, you weren't going to be singing, do it to me one more time
0: in the house. I mean, you, you were going to get killed. I got you. Yeah, it was pretty. Yeah. <laughs> how, how, how much do you value your life type? Of...
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm existentialist to a great degree in my my belief systems today, but I would still not want to get, get killed with a Lionel Richie song. No, not over Lionel Richie.
0: He's not that important. I'm sorry. (laughs) Love you, Lionel. (laughs) (laughs) There's a kid who came to me, or youngster, um, a a young person, he'll listen to this and go, I'm not a kid. Well, you know, yeah, but he came to me like a year and a half ago and he was like, listen, I listen to your podcast. I really want to be a speaker. He speaks well, you know, smart kid. Hmm. And... And he really wants to be a speaker, you know, to share everything you can and, you know, help me become a speaker, you know, get me an agent, whatever. And I asked him a single question and then the line went dead. And I'm, it's a question I'm going to ask you because uh, it, it, it reduces all the existential issues around your being a broadcaster, communicator and all that kind of thing. To this <laughs> it, it basically comes down to this. What do you have to say? What do I have
1: to say? So it's it's funny you should ask me that question. This morning, I was thinking about something. So I have these monologues in my head, just constantly running. The things that I'm thinking about, the ideas I've been trying to grapple and come to terms with for the last Lord knows how many years. Um, I don't know if I'm a broadcaster.
0: One just has to Google Andre Blaise Henshaw, right? <laughs> what the heck? Oh, but tell me what you mean by that, because I think I have... I have a mirror feeling, but it has to do with television specifically. But I'll t- t- tell me what you what you mean by that. Let me
1: let me come at it from this standpoint, right? So broadcasting, first and foremost, is a job, right? It's what you do for a living. Yes, but it's a job with certain ethical tenets built into it. Okay, such as um, the observation of the freedom of information in your pursuit of the acquisition of information. The observation of privacy laws and uh laws against plagiarizing and moral and ethical obligations as well to the public the listening public or the viewing public or the reading public whichever your 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 surface is. but i spent the first oh i don't know uh okay so nine years since i moved to lagos six and a half years in portaka plus one year of radio that's so i feel like methuselah when i do that
0: <laughs> yeah, well,
1: it all that <laughs> It's a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> so there's seven years in one corner, and there's you know uh, eight years on the other. I spent all that time pursuing my career in broadcasting simply for one reason, which is I'm curious. I'm not in broadcasting to say anything. I'm in broadcasting to listen. That is that is profound. I'm there to listen. My my take on broadcasting is a lot like. So I think in the far future, fifty, sixty years, maybe less, given the leapfrog nature of time right now. There will be a, a, an introduction into the, the, the dictionary or the lexis of the creative business or the creative industry or creative living, which will become a thing, just like healthy living, for heaven's sakes, has become a thing. There will be introduced into that lexis words like listeners in place of speakers. Today, you'd call them shrinks, but before then, we called them anthropologists. We're curious about the, I'm curious, let me not make this a generalization. I'm very curious about the evolutionary nature of humanity. I think that the actions that occur in the small pockets of our consciousness mean much more to us as a race than the grand things which we mortalize in history.
0: Let me see if I understand what you're saying. So in context, uh, taking American Idol as as a platform versus, say, the quiet moment where, say, Lauryn Hill sat and wrote Zion you know, and yes. then at, in the, at, a, at a time when she never even knew it might one day be part of this album, we'd all consider one of the greatest hip hop albums of all time. Take me to that moment. Sit me beside
1: Lauren Hill at the moment where she's about to write Zion. I want to ask her, what are you feeling? What are you thinking? What happened this morning? What happened yesterday? I so get you right now. I get you. I'm not concerned with speaking as much as I am with learning, with understanding, my journey through broadcasting, I have to be very honest, is a very selfish one. It has nothing to do with the listeners or the readers or the viewers. It has everything to do with what I'm curious about. And that's the main reason why I haven't returned to to paid broadcasting in the aftermath of my exit from it a few years ago. Because I like it as much as I do, but I like being able to make coffee at 4.30 a.m. and have a Skype conversation with someone in a different time zone in my kitchen and ask him someone i've never met who is world famous for music or art or engineering and my first question to him is what's your sex life like
0: well i wouldn't i wouldn't launch in that direction necessarily but i get you yeah. know <laughs> i hear what you're saying though i totally get you is there any other medium out there that lets us do that though there isn't right yes there isn't there isn't Every other medium
1: is owned, it's contained, it's boarded, it's colored. It's timed. You can't do TV because it's timed and it's expensive and it's cost intensive and all of this stuff. You can't do radio because there's a million and one laws bordering against what you can speak of and what you can't. And you have to keep that running by running ads. And ads mean you essentially, you know, you, you fall into the same business structures as everyone else. I think what I am is a creative anthropologist
0: for want of a better word. I utilize creativity as my tool to figure out how people tick. As you were speaking, at some point I got a tingle down my spine because you were talking about um speaking to someone in your kitchen and there's an intimacy about it, there's an immediacy about it, there's a there's a candid there's a yes. candid sort of th- there's something about it that really does pay you as much as any sort of gig could there's no there's no high there's no high that could ever there's could ever match literally it.
1: no gig that would give you that feeling maybe okay so don't don't hold me to this i may i may transit into a phase in the future in my life where i think you know what i'd like to get back on tv and wear great suits and have cue cards and have people try and force me to use teleprompters but honestly and this is the thing if and this is a big if if the plans i have for myself for how i want to turn my passions or how I'm already turning my passions into a business if those plans come to pass I'm never going back to paid broadcasting I'm never going back I get such a a thrill from this that you wouldn't believe it if I got a paid broadcasting gig that had me do this yes absolutely but I, I doubt that such a white rabbit exists
0: and, you know, I had a question here, which you've basically answered indirectly, because I, I was going to ask you how the idea to get into podcasting came about. You've, you've kind of explained that. And also, given the, the kind of oh, career you've enjoyed. actually have career, Sorry? I actually haven't told you how the idea
1: to get into podcasting came about. Oh, really? So, now, so, oh. t- so tell
0: me that. Because, you know what? Someone with, with your sort of traction in traditional mm. media… Isn't someone I'd, I'd expect to have an interest in and be drawn to a, an untested medium that, uh, you know, is so difficult to monetize and turn into a decent model, you know? So, like, how did this come about? And speaking, I'm speaking specifically now about the, the My Africa podcast.
1: My Africa podcast. There aren't any disconnected incidents in my life. I look at my life as one long, smooth flow of actions, like a domino effect of actions. Um, for reasons I might or might not, depending on, on where we go with this conversation, for reasons I, I might or might not uh, go into later, I was in a place in my life, emotionally and psychologically, where I was exhausted. I was deeply unhappy. I was depressed. I had gotten very, very depressed. I mean, now that I think about it, I'd gotten to a really bad stage in depression. But I was also in a place where I daily had to put on a bright face. Every single day, both in person, on social media, on television, radio interviews, whatever I did, I meetings, I had to have this mask on. So around the end of 2014, I started to feel as though that mask was cracking. I mean, if I had known how much worse things are going to get later, I, I probably wouldn't have bothered myself very much. But I felt, I felt like things were cracking and I couldn't hold, I couldn't consistently hold the, the pretext of happiness in the, f- the forefront of my mind long enough to actually be happy. So because of these factors, I was more susceptible to the unusual, the, the untested, the newfangled. I was willing to, to bet on the losing horse at that point. And for me, the best time to make an
0: investment is when you're broke. If you have something to invest, then you're really not broke, are you? Also, I think that the level of passion you you bring to the table <laughs> when you're in that state, uh, in order to sort of ensure that something works out, and if yes. and if it doesn't, it's not because you you know it's because it didn't work, not because you didn't have time or you didn't really put your back into it. If it doesn't work, it's like it just yeah. wasn't going to work. It, was, it, it wasn't going to work. Not happen
1: because you didn't do what you were supposed to do. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So this was this was this is you at the start of my Africa. This is me before I
1: ever heard of my Africa. So I had I had already started creating something uh which I will not speak of yet because I'm doing it again already. Oh okay. Uh, so that's You you in... need to
0: you need to give me you get, before you launch like, I mean at least give me the exclusive, <laughs> bro. Like <laughs> let me let me take this to the people. You know what I mean? <laughs> when you're ready though, when you're ready. Can't, Absolutely, you know... man. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um so I was introduced to these guys um i had never met a single one of them um there were three swedes and one south african and their races don't matter much apart from in indicating how diverse the founding ideas for my africa you know came from um so there were three swedes one of them grew up in sweden two of them grew up in sweden one worked in Nigeria. One grew up. The third Swede grew, was born and raised, was born in Sweden, was raised completely in um, the DRC. Sure. Oh, okay. So he feels more African than, I mean, than if you talk to Anders and you tell Anders that he doesn't know what he's saying as a, about Africa, he will fly off the handle and you will be very surprised. I'm sorry, Anders. Anders is blonde for heaven's sake. So it takes him <laughs> getting used to, you know? <laughs> in Nigeria of all places. But he's an amazing guy. So Anders and Hannah and they're going to hate me for saying their name and Jonathan and Steve called me in and they said so we've got this great idea. We'd like to we'd like to go into the business of making media, but we want to make sure that we are adding value as well. So this is what we're thinking about. It's a podcast and I had subscribed to exactly zero podcasts
0: at this point in my life. This is 2014. Okay, so you weren't exactly like an early adopter of the medium.
1: No, I was I was a, uh, an audiobook person. I always had an, an Audible account. I always had audio, audiobooks, but I wasn't... I was big on music, big on audiobooks, but not podcasts. I mean, I came from radio. I wasn't ready for six and a half years, live radio. So podcasting, yeah. Yeah, it's just one more pre-recorded radio show. Yeah. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, that, that's not what I would expected to hear, but
0: I keep an open mind. Did it did it feel like a demotion? Did the offer feel like guys, I mean, you come with me, come at me with this like, well, no. No. And I don't I don't know if I would have
1: noticed that. Um at in 2014, I was I was having a great financial year. <laughs> so I didn't I wasn't really looking for money as much as I was looking for purpose. I had I had recently become part of a think tank a year earlier. And I was doing a lot of um, rural community focused work. And I guess that's where the trigger mechanism was born out of. On the back end of that, I didn't want to go back to just making entertainment. I wanted to make sure that I I actually left a mark and I could walk away and say, oh, I did that. Yeah. So when they talked about it, they were more cautious than passionate because I think they were worried that I might not be open to it. But I was. But I told them I needed some time to think about it. And I took some time. I was traveling aggressively back then. And in two thousand and fourteen, no. Oh my goodness, I remember this day so well. It was on the thirteenth of January, two thousand and fifteen, that we recorded the very first episode of My Africa podcast.
0: And they bringing you on board, <clears throat> essentially, say what to giving you carte blanche to do it the way you felt was right, or or, or how? Or what was the collaborative process around that?
1: So, um, there were, we were divided into three sections. Um, there was the money team, which was Anders, Steve, Jonathan. There was branding and admin, which was essentially Steve and Jonathan and myself and a little bit of Hannah. And then there was contacts. And, um, I mean, you know how, how this works. There was reaching out chasing down the line production stuff yo the line production for a while sat exclusively on hannah and myself and if that stuff is tough man so yeah chasing down interviews it's oof, man so it was divided into three teams but creative, that was me exclusively
0: that's great and i love those intros you do i sometimes feel like maybe you're inspired by sway in the morning or something like that. You know, <laughs> no, like how he I, intros his guys. You want
1: to know something something else? And yeah. after I get done with this conversation with you, I'll probably rectify that. I've never seen Sway in the morning. Have you been compared to him? Like in the way you do your intros and yes. stuff? Yes. Um, a, fr- a, a friend of mine has said that uh, several times about me generally, but I've never understood the comparison.
0: Well, no. And, you know, to be fair, you're a lot more scripted and a lot more articulate. You know, I mean, his is very loose and live radio vibe-ish. You know what I mean? And also hip-hop driven. Yours feels researched, man.
1: So, newsflash. Yeah. I've been in broadcasting, electronic broadcasting at least since 2002. Okay. And I have been on TV since August 2008, more or less. I have only ever used a teleprompter or scripts twice in that time. Like, serious? I created a show called um, Entertainment Extra in collaboration with The company I worked with at the time, a a TV broadcast platform called Night Cheesy. So that was a news show with um, TV graphics, a voiceover with TV graphics. So, I mean, you had to write that down. So you got your sarcasm in at the right points and all of that. And And entertainment style. Yeah, that was cool. But the Night Cheesy Top 10, Central Station Wired, and uh, Dawn in the Creeks, All of that unscripted. No, I've I've never really scripted. I've scripted the second time I used the script was on Nigeria's Got Talent, and I did that because the producers and the directors insisted on it, and it made it made it impossible. I felt like I was in a cage. I got the discipline out of it, and I'm grateful for it today. But yes, at that yeah. point, I almost lost my mind, and I think that reflected a great deal in how the show came out. It, I wasn't entirely proud of how well I did on it. Yeah, I mean the production was great, but I don't think I I put in my I had my best come out there. So no, I don't I don't really script. And my research is a daily process. I'm on Wikipedia between four forty five and five a m each day. I google extensively I read beyond belief, and I absorb a ton
0: of information It's usually asked innocently, but i can, when you really think about it it's 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 almost insulting in a way. Do you get people asking you where, where you grew up in as far as the way you sound versus how they expect you to sound? Oh, yes. Oh, I, I get that a great deal. They expect like a quote-unquote posh answer like the UK or the US or something. Do you, you get that a lot? I, I get that. I get that. And I,
1: I've i been getting that question since I was in second oh, school. Oh, yeah? No, actually since I was in primary school. I attended a primary school called Cilius and I remember Ibrahim Mustafa grilling me about where I was from because of how I sounded in 1993 so
0: yeah I, I i've always had that given how conspicuous might be a word um but how conspicuous you sound uh, how uh, specific specific <laughs> maybe is a better word how specific you sound and the the sound that you bring to the mic uh, when i listen to your show and certainly you know i'm sure people in meeting you what they encounter i mean how 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 is that part of your bag of tricks as it were like do you think about it? How hard do you think about it? How hard do you think about how you're, uh, being, you're coming across and, <laughs> and, and how to use it to influence? Um, like, how do, you, how do you handle that? Is it, is it something you use to sort of surprise an audience that thinks they've got you figured out? Or is it something that you sort of <laughs> use to uh, create your own lane? What is it? Like, how, how does it play out for you, the way you sound? Hmm.
1: Well... So, the way I sound is divided into three things. It's... And this is probably the first and only time in my life I'm actually going to address this in this much detail. <laughs> it will almost certainly <laughs> never happen again. We might... We but, might open doors <laughs> here, bro. But this is going to be on the internet, so this will be a reference for everyone to go back to and not have to ask me. Okay. Um. So, uh, the way I sound is divided into three components. It's my choice of words okay it's the timbre of my voice yes and finally it's the accent that i i speak with so let's go from the bottom up my father taught english he his life ended as a teacher in a secondary school he was the vice principal of hope waddle training institution his name was patrick henshaw it wasn't a very great way to end the life of a man who once upon a time had been the chairman of the manufacturers association of nigeria while wow, he was in his 30s it was a, a long way to fall my father spoke the queen's english and i'm this that's the only way to put it he spoke the queen's english you didn't make grammatical errors in our household you never did and for a man who was of ethnic origins my father spoke accentless english and the ethnic language itself And several other languages in Nigeria have a tendency to affect the way that you speak English because it teaches you to inflect naturally in certain parts of speech and not in others. So it's a very easily distinguishable accent. And my father didn't have a trace of it. I, on the other hand, I did. So when I changed parents and I I, I went to my mother and we moved to Portaka, to more urban city, I was an outcast. I was the kid who spoke like he was from the Boonies or the hicks and who wasn't, <laughs> who... So I essentially Same. didn't get listened to, not because I didn't have something to say as much as because I didn't say it in the way that they wanted me to say it. And one of the things I remember thinking while we lived in Rumubiakani in Port Harcourt was if I sounded like my father, these people would never laugh at me. Sure. And I think there began... After that, a slow elimination of the inflections that my own language had given me, which came with really bad after effects as, as a result of that exercise, I actually, for a period of over 20 years, lost the ability to speak that language. But I started to tailor the, the way that I spoke to sound more and more like my father. And I didn't realize that this was happening as rapidly as it, it was. But when I did realize it, what I sought to do was to pull myself as far left away from that as possible. And consequently, I wound up sounding American. So it wasn't until fairly recently, I'd say maybe five years ago that I said, you know what? If I sound like my father, I sound like my father. And when he passed away, we weren't on good terms. We weren't great. So Sorry to hear there it. was a lot of coping to go with that. And I was trying as much as possible to avoid that. But eventually, I thought, you know, I sound like my dad. I sound like my dad. I look like him as well, and you know, that's why I'm growing my beard and everything, which is growing really
0: badly. my dad, <laughs> doesn't look so bad from here, but but I know, I know, everyone wants to be Rick Ross these days, and it's like not, it's not for everybody. I don't even want the Rick
1: Ross beard. I just want the left part to just join up. Like what catch the hell up, brah. Space in between. <laughs> catch up, man. <laughs>
0: It's interesting. I am fascinated by what frames people's choice of like you say words of identity and out yeah. beautifully uh, in terms of words in terms of the timbre of their voice uh, given I'm a voiceover artist and I know you do you've done a lot of that. Yeah. Word, you, Does there's it, a lot to think about in that, you know that that Yeah, in that space. In that it's space. It's so and, convoluted. Yeah, you know, like wow. how deep are you gonna do? is it more it. voice is it you know? Is it less resonance <laughs> is it you know back away from the mic is it what what is it you know?
1: Yes. Is it more yes. room. Is it more room? Is it the space that you're in? Is the is the room soaking up too much sound? Do you need semi-stable acoustics? Yeah. What level do you need to be on? How shall I over enunciate? Am
0: I am I conversational enough? Am I is, am, am I, I am I first person with this tones? with this person? Am I the person's exactly. friend? Are they sitting what, next what, to me? What
1: word choice do I open with? <laughs> is that going to alienate a listener?
0: Man. So I mean does that kind of stuff feature into your real life? I mean, because you you also created distinction earlier on. Um uh, you create you kind of created this distinction. Um, uh, I don't know if you realized it between sort of career and calling when you talked about being a broadcaster but not really enjoying it or yes. being one. Like I mean, really I,
1: I'm in broadcasting, but I'm really a cross between an anthropologist, yeah, an artist, and a psychologist.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so in that context, these things are just tools that help you meet those ends so discover yes okay that's that's really all i'm about as opposed to you like projecting a brand and being the voice as were or the dude the guy I'll or take the dude a good in a suit. look at me i i really don't do brand quote
1: unquote okay i will be as comfortable in bathroom slippers and house shorts as i will be in a three-piece suit if i like it i like it if i don't i don't i really don't i think we've gotten the brand idea wrong A great deal. Brands today seem to be more about adopting
0: to a status quo as opposed to projecting a personal belief system. That's true. All I wanted to be at some point, I'd say maybe three or four years ago, was was Ryan Seacrest. That's all I wanted to be. If I could be Ryan Seacrest, a black African version of Ryan Seacrest, I'd be happy. (laughs) That's what I thought at least. I I wanted I wanted to be Howard Stern. Sorry, I wanted to be Howard Stern. You wanted to be Howard Stern. Radio.
1: That I was crazy about I thought I thought Howard Stern was a genius crazy mad but a genius
0: so um what would you say your you know the voice uh, that has the biggest influence on you at the moment would be like what's that voice you mentioned your dad it, would that still be the voice that's no uh, guy uh-huh. that guides that guides all you- my actions yeah like I don't know what what voice allows is, is has the most influence in your mind whether you realize it or not in your life at the moment my daughters your daughters your daughters really yeah
1: my daughters have the greatest influence on me on earth today um and what is it when you say they've got the greatest influence it's not i don't mean a direct influence in terms of um of requests and even a conscious influence it's just the corny way to say this which i'm i'm going to say anyway but i will make it cooler later i promise you (laughs) the corny way to say this would be, or the cheesy way to say this would be, having children has made me a different person, I guess. But in some ways, it hasn't. In some ways, in some ways, I've become a much, to to a certain way of, of viewing it, I've become an even worse person. I'm entirely reclusive. I couldn't care less about social activity. I don't go out anymore. I read too bloody much. I've become an adrenaline junkie. All I do is karate and yoga and run far too much i'm battling every single day with calorie deficit because i'm almost always clinically underweight because of how much exercise i do but those things are side effects of the fact that i've realized that i don't want to really be social i don't want to go clubbing i don't care about red carpets i couldn't give a rat's ass whose fashion is banging and what thing is raining i don't care if i have Five hours with my daughters in a day, I'm pretty much good for another week. And this, this took you
0: having daughters to discover about yourself?
1: No, this took me going through a certain patch of my life where I became a social outcast to discover about myself. I've, I've been a father. I mean, my biological daughters are three years and three weeks old. Okay. Wow. Well, congrats, man. Um, That's just now. I, yeah. But I've been a father since 2008. Um, my eldest daughter is going to be ten in two thousand. Oh, pardon me. Yeah, I think oh eight or oh seven. That's what when, when did we meet? We first saw each other in two thousand and seven, but we met proper in two thousand and eight. Um, and I've been her father for all intents and purposes since then. And she is the greatest love of my entire life. And. Being there, watching her grow up, seeing her evolve, that had such a profound effect on the things that I chose to do and why I chose to do them. So when her baby sisters came along, all it did was, I'd say the birth of the twins was more of a catalyst than an actual cause. Okay. The reaction was already happening. Yeah. 2010, I'd stopped. I, I, I cut my social activities down by 70%. So I knew something was happening. It just needed this extra push. And there we go.
0: And would you say that's impacted the way you assert yourself in terms of what you choose to say? Uh, or even has it sort of impacted your curiosity as you described it earlier? Before now, I've been curious about society. Now I'm curious about people.
1: I recognize that society, and it's going to sound stupid, but I recognize that society is consisted of people. So if you really want to understand the macro element, you need to go into the micro elements and understand what makes each one tick and what the subsets and subgroups and sub ideologies really are. Because we present organized ideology as though it is a black and white affair and people either believe this or believe that, but that's, it's not true. Events happen every day in people's lives to alter the, way, the ways that they perceive things or the ways they think about things. And I'm just the guy who's committed to understanding what those events are. So, did it change the things I was curious about? Definitely. When you have two people born on a Saturday who look like you. And I mean it. My- <laughs> you almost make it sound freaky. It had to be a Saturday too. <laughs> Saturday is Saturday's TV show and, and cartoon day. It's not, it's not have children that look like nah, you. No,
0: I got you. I got you. I got so, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, so- they wanted to make sure you had the time to To receive yeah. them, <laughs> oh, oh,
1: they they chose, they chose, yeah, and they've continued to do so thereafter.
0: So, in the context of what you've just described, how do you how do you measure your influence or your relevance? Or does it matter? I'm not interested
1: in relevance, dude. You're alive, right? I
0: beg your pardon. And you're breathing. Oh yeah, yeah. You're alive and you're breathing. Yeah.
1: And every day you drink a cup of water, you breathe a certain quantity of oxygen, you exhale a certain quantity of carbon dioxide, you feed plants, you. Um, affects the hydration process of the earth. You affect the process of evaporation of liquids, which affects how much rainfall we get. You're, you're relevant. You don't need to have a blog or have a podcast to be relevant. You're relevant already.
0: So you, you're at the point where, um, and I didn't expect this going into this interview, you're at the point in your career where the bro- the broadcasting thing actually doesn't contribute very much to whether or not you feel you're doing... Uh, or you're doing the stuff that's worthwhile with your voice.
1: Well, well, <laughs> I love I love broadcasting. Yeah. I'm passionate about it. I'm fascinated by the metrics of measuring demographics and sub classifications. I'm fascinated by creating content. I love writing. But if we're discussing value, different conversation almost, actually. Different. My value right now is more in person-to-person relationships are supposed to mass effects. I know that there are people who send emails. We get those all the time and I'd like to thank every single one of them who send emails and messages and say, I was inspired by this that I heard on my Africa podcast or I saw this that you said or that that you did. Last week, oh man, totally freaky thing. Yeah. Last week, this Instagram handle that I am so wowed by. Which is? It's called The Sunset Chaser and... I don't know if it's a he or a she. Yeah, It's, it's just a pic- different pictures of sunsets and random activities and relationships between light and shadow. And it's got maybe like, I don't know, 500 followers, 350, something tiny like that. But the first time I got followed by this handle, I flicked through and I saw the pictures and I was like, whoa. And I followed her or him or it or whatever it is. <laughs> it
0: could be a bot these days, no, but hopefully not. I have let's, no idea. Let's keep the romance going. Let's hope it's a person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah. I followed it
1: and last week I got tagged in the picture. And it was yeah, so it's a picture of I'm going to assume it was a, a guy or a, a lady with nappy afro hair, yeah. right? So the picture has a person standing in a boxing stance with gloves on and you don't really see the person as much as you see a slanted shadow of the person. It's, it wasn't about the greatness of the photography or any of that stuff. It was about the quote so this person quotes something I, I wrote on Twitter one morning when I was in one of the mini tunnels in my head where I, I retreated to think things through. And I I said, see, this is embarrassing when you can't quote yourself accurately.
0: <laughs>
1: did you? This, did
0: you or did you not say it, man?
1: <laughs> but bad? I think I said, yeah. um, some days you hit, some days you get hit, but every day you fight. And she he or she quoted it and put it right there. And you
0: have no idea what that meant to me. I had such a great weekend just because of that. And this is you speaking to impact, right? This is you speaking to This yeah, was me with Relevance. my cell phone, just tweeting a thought that I
1: had and seeing how people reacted to that comment and how I was like, wow, that was just the summary of one batch of thoughts that I'd had before I was going to move on to a different one. And that's why I tweet those things. I tweet them so that I
0: remember what my thought process. I was use Twitter that like time. that as well, like a, a personal diary, like a a uh, personal diary. Yes, yeah. Yeah. you too. Yeah. I actually. Oh my I, goodness. Yeah, I actually just use it uh, firstly to curate my world. Now, I mean, as a news source, so I'm very yeah. I'm, I try to be a little, relatively more meticulous than most people about who I follow because um I that's actually how, you know that that's a big part of how I navigate what's important to know. Uh, for better or yes. for worse, and then of course I use it to, to to sort of uh, remind myself where I was at. What are, you know, it's a, it's a great at, way to at that time you know, to calibrate. It's, it's almost
1: like leaving leaving stones in the road on your journey, mm. so that later when you look back. Based on the size of the stone or the shape of it or where it was pointed, you know exactly what was going on at that point. And
0: it's proof, right? It's different to a diary as well, which when you move from, like we've just, my family and I've just moved, we've moved from to a different place. Chances are, like I've got like a ton of little diaries and journals that I've used maybe over the years and they're going to get lost and they're going to get thrown out and that kind of thing. Whereas here, there's like a, a sense of proof, you know, that life happened, a lesson was learned, an epiphany actually did occur, that kind of thing.
1: Yes, Yes. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. You relate to that. Yes.
1: That's 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 how I use it as well. Yeah. And seeing that seeing that was more proof of the value that I bring as a person. Yes. Yes. than all of the download numbers for my Africa podcast. I can't get anybody to do anything. I'm not influential. I'm not looking to be influential. I don't want to control people. I don't want people to do what I say. I want people to do what sets them free. I I couldn't care less with why are you following me? I look. I do yoga because I'm trying to calm myself long enough to function normally in society. That doesn't sound like a person you want to hold in really high esteem.
0: Look, I feel the same way about. I feel the same way about Jesus. I'm like, hey, I'm just following another dude, you know. So I'm like, hey, <laughs> find your peace. Find
1: your peace. Find your happiness. Find your joy. Find your call and find your meaning. That that's what I'd like people to do. I, I, I've gotten over the point in my life where it was about
0: building numbers and how, who had the most Twitter followerships. And that's big in Nigeria. On. I have to say you, it must be tough for yeah. someone like you in the field you're in not to care about those kind of things. Cause I mean, it's, it's a, it's a dollars and cents issue out there, man. I hear. So at least this is what I hear.
1: <laughs> I do a lot of, of business as, um, um, a media consultant today. I'm on television. Yeah. Yeah. Newsflash back on television.
0: Um, that's going to be up in a few months, given when this comes to air. This is coming out on my birthday, by the way. So this is gonna come out on June. When's your birthday? June tenth, I'm gonna put this out.
1: No kidding. Get dog. Get June ninth June ninth is my eldest daughter's tenth birthday. Are you for real? I kid you not. She turns ten on June 9th. What? That's insane. That's, oh, pardon me. That's June nineteenth. I'm a horror. June nineteenth.
0: Oh, no. Yeah. Hey, I'm it's just fan. one. One. <laughs> you just forgot one. <laughs> no. So anyway, no. I'm. I'm putting this out on my birthday. Um. Uh. Hopefully, launching the next season of Andele's Take. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. I I just have like one or two more questions I want to ask you, and it's pretty downhill from here. Bring it. Yeah, like so. What are you listening to in terms of one music? Because you, you, you said you, I told you said you talk about it later. You know what I mean? Like, what are you into? You're yeah, obviously a hip hop head, yeah. Or at least were. At, you know, you could uh, have be more wrong. To? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you at right now in terms of music, and where you at in terms of podcasts? Like, what's getting you up uh, excited? What What are you jogging to? What are you listening to?
1: I've been on YouTube a lot, like in the last five months. Yeah. In the la- <laughs> like who needs tv man in the last five months i have been on youtube daily and i'm on the how-to pages so i'm teaching myself a lot of skills i'm i taught myself to write programming code off youtube uh so i write html css javascript java and i'm a th- I'm, I'm attempting php at the moment and so far i've gotten my ass handed to me every single day i'm teaching myself to play the violin um i picked up a new workout routine it's called planche it's a form of calisthenics i picked that up off youtube as well most of my yoga actually comes from yoga videos on youtube so let's leave uh fight master uh kino yoga the, the rest of them i will be on youtube around the clock but i'm not big on I mean for entertainment I'm probably going to w- go watch movie trailers or play music from the 1980s but that's what I've been watching a lot I sort of fell off the TV show space where I used to be in and I went to just to how to pages
0: and I, my wife and i don't own a tv so everything's on demand so i i i do a lot of youtube i'm not doing things quite as uh, <laughs> constructive as you half the time but yeah in terms of how to's, i'm doing i'm doing food I'm, I'm i'm i love watching food get made for some reason I, I don't know and i love knowing where it's from and i love cities and chefs and restaurants exactly and this yeah i, I feel
1: like that's the best part of having the internet it's man it's beautiful
0: yeah Yeah, it's beautiful. Okay, cool, cool. And podcast, you listen to podcasts just sitting out there. What do you listen to? Podcasts. Podcasts. Yeah.
1: Um. So, I should confess. Well, I have confessed already, but I will confess again. The very first podcast that I listened to outside of My Africa podcast was a podcast I listened
0: to three weeks ago. No, that shocks me profoundly. Actually but not in a bad way necessarily but that that's I had never heard a podcast in my life before then so it's it's still uncharted waters for you in a way
1: i am as much a part of the experiential
0: process yeah clearly. currently as I am part of the process itself that's in, that 's insane that 's there you and I are extremely different because i I went into it with uh, having i went from zero to a hundred in in, in in a sense because i, I didn 't have podcasts in my life at all, but then the ones I discovered were sort of the world 's leading ones you know so uh, the, you know the startup podcast serial. I discovered the storytelling ones and then I discovered, you know, comedians doing different things. And so when I got into podcasting, I had lots of references in my head, lots of things to aspire to and, you know, to sort of try and emulate in some respect, you know, so that's quite different. Whereas you literally just going in, I had a podcast never, not once, never. That's incredible. Given how, given how, given your approach to to what you've to the way you do it, um, and and what comes out of it, and how enjoyable thank it you. is, quite frankly, thank you very um, much. It's, it's quite something. It says a lot about your your natural your natural flair. And I think your curiosity, as you described it earlier, makes you like the perfect guinea pig to to, to do that. I would not be pulling like a newsreader off like <laughs> CNN uh, into the world of podcasting without like baptism. In the world, in in podcast, yeah, I'd be mean, like, listen yeah. to a million before we we start to work together because I need yeah. you to understand that it's not what you do currently. But with you, you yeah. you you just yeah, you just kind of just jumped in and and it works, bro. I wanted
1: to ask questions, and I was given the opportunity to ask questions, so I, I jumped on it. The first podcast I listened to was Loose Talks, that was three weeks ago. But I love This American Life; that's a great podcast. Hey, that happens to be at least my top five. At yeah. least my top five. Let me let me flip this on you. Who would in the podcast world? Who would you recommend
0: in your top five? In my top five, okay, um, I would recommend uh, the Startup Podcast. It's called Startup. Um, you can find that on on uh, on iTunes and on SoundCloud. It's it's made by Gimlet Media. I think it's brilliant in terms of storytelling. Uh, it, it it basically follows a dude who left NPR, the, the you know the the um, National Public Radio he was He was making content in that space left that to start a company which would uh, a podcast network essentially so he 's never he 's got like wow. zero startup experience and everything except for that one of the shows he he once produced for NPR is one called planet Money where they they obviously covered money mm. issues and all sorts of things and startup is the story of him starting this company so it's you're in. You're in. It, I mean, mics are rolling in the pitches. He's pitching these Silicon Valley dudes. It's wow. in issues he's having with his he, issues he's having with his um, with his staff and trying to in trying to get funding in hiring new people. And in, it's in, it's just an incredible piece of of broadcasting brilliance. I, I'm sorry. So that that has to be the top one. Um, and then there's one also from that stable, Gimlet Media. One called Sampler. <clears throat> by an African-American girl i can't remember her name right now and the reason i like that one is look she's got this millennial delivery that can be a little bit annoying slightly and I say <laughs> that gently because i i i it's probably something i have in my own vibe that people could find annoying but if the the cool thing is she features three uh, she she features like guests who come there and maybe tell and share with her like three podcasts they're listening to and they play clips from them and you know and sometimes she interviews like podcasters themselves mm. and it's just a nice little concept and it's a great way to dip my fingers in a lot of different styles and genres yeah, that I wouldn't ordinarily yeah, go out yeah. looking for. Yeah. That so like that one's fun, fun for that reason. Yeah. So that one's fun. And then there's one. Uh, so, top three, I'd say. Then there's one my wife got me into. I got her into podcasts because she wasn't sure about the whole vibe. And then when I got her into it, now she irons two of them. She does, you know, she does all this <laughs> stuff. So she got one into one called Criminal. And. And I know I'm naming American ones, I'm embarrassed to say. I mean, they're great ones. The OK Africa article had great ones, so please go. You know, I'll, I'll share them later. <laughs> but I, I feel like I'm being, yeah. But no, those three really in terms of how they t- they tell stories. Criminal tells stories of criminals, but a very humanized view of criminals. So you'll mm, you'll pick mm. up, she'll tell a story of a woman who used to rob banks in the 70s and only came out in the 90s or uh, to 2000s and, and is like, T- you know, telling stories of how she used to do it and how things have changed and how her life's turned around. But it's very—it's just told so beautifully, and you get a sense of the era, and you get a sense of—you know—you get a sense of the person. And okay, you, I'm, I'm no going judgment. to look for that the minute we get done with this interview. So no, yeah. That so I'll, like ch- I'll check I out that. To. I'll check out Criminal. I'll check out Startup, and I'll check out Sampler. And then locally, of course, I love you. Um, um, there's Talking Heads. Uh, which is another great one um, out of Cape Town, mm. uh, locally. Which other podcast do I listen to that I like? Uh, who, well, the African Tech Roundup. Obviously, I'm biased because <laughs> I'm <in> it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But I, I, I love, I love candid conversations with mm. people. So oftentimes, you don't find like a stream of brilliance. Like you'll find a great podcast and a great interviewer, um, or you'll get, you'll get a great interview that just happened to happen on someone's podcast. Yeah, and but I it wasn't because it with, was
1: planned I, or or made to happen. I know exactly Yeah, what but I meant. won't
0: necessarily and I won't necessarily follow, follow listen to that podcast religiously thereafter, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I there you that. go. I Sorry, that. I get so passionate when I talk about this. So I know, <laughs> you know I, know. I know. Like you've given me a few very good names to go look for. So
1: there's Sampler, there's Startup, there's Criminal. Okay. And Startup
0: without the dash. So it's Startup one word. Uh, Sampler and, and Criminal Criminal is part of another network Podcast network called Radiotopia And wow. um, they've got insane Storytelling podcasts there I don't like all of them um, There's another great one called Radio Diaries there Which is pretty good mm. um, And that one also just started as The guy who started that podcast Literally just used to let teenagers loose With like recording equipment And just let them go tell stories And then he'd, he'd like make stories out of that pe- What so people brought back That sounds cool you know? So it's that kind of stuff that I dig. I really do. And Andile's take, uh, as the, as a concept, is more uh, in, in in tune with that. So uh, I'm going to put out our conversation as a full length. Obviously, you know, mm-hmm. for, to share and people can listen to everything we've yeah. said. Um, but in terms of Andile's take, I, I, I theme it and I obviously I'll try and tell a story that someone sitting in 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 the UK somewhere or somewhere in Europe in, or the States or somewhere else in, or somewhere in Asia. A story that they could never experience or tell themselves because only I could tell that story. That's that's my aim with Andile's take. It's my story. It's my take. It's my. It's, it's not in. But not in. An, not in a insular sort of way.
1: Yeah, but it's it's still it's still taking taking ownership of something, which. I mean, let's, let's face it. No it belongs how to me. Play, it's, it my belongs to it's my perspective.
0: It's my worldview. It's my experience. That can't be duplicated. Yeah. So it must be valuable on some level, whether you want to listen to it or not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I, I obviously Googled you in preparation for this. Um, I didn't read much of what I found. It just occurred to me um, that we don't often choose what, what, what pops up about us on, on Google and, yeah, and so I, I thought I'd ask you, you know, maybe in, by way of wrapping up, uh, what's the one thing you're most proud of when you when you Google yourself, if you ever? <laughs> and what's the one thing that makes you cringe? Um,
1: I'm in transit with my view of myself, so I'm not very often proud of myself. But I'm better now than I used to be. I used to have a very, 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 very horrible sense of self-worth. Um. But I'm a lot better about it. I'm bet. I'm so much better now okay. that I'm a little arrogant, as a matter okay. of fact. <laughs> um But, I'm, uh, I don't know what I'll. I'll say I'm proud of. I think the one thing I'm proud of about myself doesn't show up on Google, and that's that's my consistency with my my lifestyle of fitness. I like the fact that I have genuinely fallen in love with running, and that represents a huge chunk of. My me time, the time I have to myself to think and just exist in a space where my body is in action, but my mind can be set free to pursue other things. So I'm very proud of that. And I know there's traces of that. I mean, if, obviously, if you click on my Instagram, you're going to go see all my braggadoodies. 15,000 kilometers. Last day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: in two minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. How far (laughs) out of the world, bro, in two minutes. (laughs) Faster than a
1: speeding bullet. So I'm proud of that, but that won't show up on Google. Um, I don't know what there is about me on Google these days. I haven't Googled myself in a bunch of years. What I do cringe about on Google some of my earlier photographs from when I had just gotten into TV broadcasting, I looked like two extremely <laughs> malnourished rats really went at it, and then both rats died, and then one <laughs> suddenly came back to life, and I was the one that came back to life.
0: Uh, I looked horrible. That, that's it. That's terrible. 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 <laughs> On that rather sad, yeah, pathetic Yeah, that, that makes me
1: cringe a great deal. <laughs>
0: pathetic You know there's a thing called memes these days isn't it? <laughs> I hope no one yeah, listens course. to this ha well, uh, uh, uh. No listen Andre, you know what I'm really glad you made time to speak to me Thank you so much Thanks for listening to list Take Don't forget to follow, like and share